All right, John chapter 5, let's go ahead and find that, John chapter 5. And uh, thank you for uh, being here, thank you for the opportunity to be able to come again. And uh, I I had something else uh, planned for tonight, this happens to me too much I think, but uh, I had something else planned, and you know how it is sometimes in unusual ways, uh, God will uh, touch your heart about something, and... uh, and just alter your course a little bit and something somebody said to me this morning and I won't tell you what it is and I won't tell you what we were talking about it doesn't matter but something somebody said to me this morning uh, made me stop and uh, I pulled out a little notepad I keep in my pocket and wrote down a single thought and uh, just could not escape it through the day I uh, went back, did a little bit of praying in my uh, room and just sort of asked God, what do you want me to do here? And as best I could discern what God would have me to do, uh, I'm going to just uh, give you that tonight. Uh, I would like you to just uh, think a little bit about this. I'm only going to open to this one scripture tonight. I did like very much what Brother Fisher said about the uh, the, the Wednesday night prayer thing. I must admit uh, it's growing on me more and more the more you're talking about that. And here's what I liked. I, I really liked when we got to the part where he said, uh, we're going to give out the sheets of paper if you have a prayer request. Uh, put that on there. You know, I've got to admit when he said that a tingle went down me and I felt, you know what, God is going to hear those. Something, something, I mean, uh, something touched me. This, you're worried about me already now, but, uh, <laughs> But, but honestly, I just, when, when, when you said that, I, I thought, oh, I, I, I leaned over to, to Nathan, one of our staff, I said, get, get a piece of paper. I don't want to miss this. I want, there's some things I want to go on there. And I, I felt a great sense of anticipation already. I, I really think something, uh, very good is going to come out of that. And, uh, that's good. You know, we, we should not be in a box where it has to be a certain way. In fact, I think we miss a lot because we put so much in a box that God wants to move and he gets in our way, so we just push him aside. And then we lament the fact that God isn't moving, but we don't give him any room to move. And so I think it's good. <clears throat> One of the things I like about this church and I like about Brother Fisher is this is not all that conventional. You know, you, you sort of don't know what's going to happen and and how it's going to go, and I like that. Uh, there's a kind of uh, predictability that's good, but there's sometimes it's it's nice to just let God do what he would want to do. So that is exciting, and I'm going to make sure I get some things on that prayer sheet. John chapter 5. Now, I'm going to give you a thought tonight. I think it's really a single thought, and I'm going to say this by way of introduction before we read the Scriptures. Some of you tonight will very much need... Uh, what is going to be said in the next few minutes. Uh, Some of you right now are in need of what we're about to say. Some of you will not be in present need. Uh, this, This will not be right now what you need, but I promise you this, at some point, somewhere in your journey, you're going to need to remember what we've said tonight. It's a simple thought, but you're going to need to take hold of it. At some point, somewhere, if not tonight, you're going to need to draw this out and remember it and action it. 
So I want you just to, to take that in as we read the text. John chapter 5, it's always good to read about what the Lord Jesus did. All the Bible's good, but it's just kind of extra good to read about what the Lord Jesus did and be able to enter into that. I, I remember uh, I remember when I got saved, I had not had the benefit of hearing anything from the Bible prior to my salvation. I had not read anything at all. And so I got saved as a teenager, and when I went and read the Bible, I remember, I, I, I will never forget uh, opening the Bible for the first time, and I will never, ever forget the, the awe and the wonder of uh, reading things about the Lord Jesus Christ, I, I, I remember again and again and again, I had to just stop. And I could not believe what I was reading. Can you imagine that somebody who'd never been to Sunday school, never heard a story, never knew about the feeding of the 5,000, had never heard any of that? And can you imagine what it's like when you when you read about Christ for the very first time and you'd never heard those things before, and you read it and you know in your spirit, this is, this is absolutely true. This, this really happened. And I, I can remember just being stirred and, and touched and just many times having to just stop because I, I just couldn't keep going. Just the, the wonder of what Christ did and, I really have not lost all that much of that. I, I still read about what the Lord did, and I just find I have to stop, and and uh, it, it's very, very special. And we want to enter into something that occurred. We're going to read a few uh, verses here. This is a this is a real event, and this happened to a real person, somebody like you, who had a name, grew up in a house, had parents. This happened to a normal person in a normal place just on a certain day. And God determined that he could put this here because we needed it. There are many things that Jesus did that God has not put in the Bible. And heaven will get to hear about that. But there are some things that God said, this, this must go in the book. People need this. I'm going to read something tonight that we need. Something that God has chosen to put here for us. John chapter 5 verse number 1. After this there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethsaida, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, and please notice the next words, this will be our text, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, 
but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. I want you to notice, please, just verse number 14 of this narrative. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple, that's a good place to be found, and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto thee. Now, can you, can you imagine this scene unfolding? Can you imagine if we were there in a real place on a real day at a given time and, and perhaps if we are residents of Jerusalem, we know this area and we know the people who gather there and, and we've been past before and we understand that this is the place, if you wanted to go to the city and find a whole group of people, the crippled people and blind people and people, all manner of problems, if you want to find a lot of them in one place, everybody knew where to go looking. And so can you imagine that here we are and we're looking and there is a great group of these people gathered around the pool and, and uh, it, it's not a particular pretty sight to see these people uh, the, the, the blind are not aware of their condition. They're not attractive to look at. Uh, these people have not got the benefits that some people have today to take care of their wounds. And this is not, this is not a pretty thing to see. And they're all, they're all gathered here around this pool hoping. And, and then we look and we notice that the young rabbi comes and he walks over. And as we're watching, he does seem to single out one particular fellow who is uh, lying there on a bed and if we to understand that the bed he's lying on really is a rolled up it's a mat and this fellow is lying there on his mat like he has done many times and we are observing that this young rabbi walks over and uh, looking on we see that he he stops he makes eye contact with this particular one and then he says something now if we were there, we, w- we would hear him say that in a different language. He would not have said it in English. And we would have heard some words said. And if we had the benefit, we may be able to say to someone, uh, what is it that he said? What did he say to that man? And somebody would say to us, well, what he said to him just then, he said to him, will thou be made whole? And we say, what, what, did, he, what did he ask him? Well, he asked him, he said, will thou be made whole? And we think, that's an unusual question to ask somebody in that condition. Do you want to be made whole? Well, this fellow has been lying here for years and and he's come to this place uh, waiting uh, apparently for his healing to, to perhaps be the chosen one once a year the water stirred up and this young rabbi comes and asks him uh, do you really uh, want to be made whole now what he's saying there and what Jesus was doing was asking him and confronting him with the question do you really want to be set free from your infirmity now you may think tonight well well surely if a man has an infirmity like that, and if he's had it for 38 years, you would not have to ask such a question. But the truth of it is, there are many people who have an infirmity who have become quite attached to it. 
And when Jesus is asking the question, he's confronting the man with himself and asking him, is it really, really your desire to be free from your curse? Because there are some people who do have an infirmity and there are some people who are cursed with a particular condition, but they say they want to be free and, oh, they say they'd like to be different. But, you know, like this fellow, they've always got a reason why they just can't be. And what happens, regrettably, is that some people begin to define themselves by their condition. And some people, in fact, become known by their condition. You know, if you'd met this fellow and, and uh, you, 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 had, you had perhaps seen him at night time back in a house somewhere, you say, uh, aren't you, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm the, I'm, the, uh, I'm the lame one who's always down at the pool. Oh, that's right, you're the lame fellow who's always down sitting around the pool. And we define people and people define themselves by their condition. And they start, they start to become attached to their infirmity and they start to sort of uh, believe that they are their infirmity and their infirmity is them and somehow their identity becomes connected with their particular infirmity. Now you have people like that in your church. There are people tonight like that here. Who are you? Oh, I'm Mrs. So-and-so. You know, my husband left me, and I've been living on my own now, and such and so. Oh, oh okay. Oh, oh, okay, you're that lady. Uh, who, who are you? I'm, uh, I'm Brother So-and-so. You know, I'm, I'm in that, uh, I've been struggling with such and such, and, you know, I... Oh, oh, okay, okay. And people can actually become quite attached to their particular problem. In fact, they can sort of connect that that is their identity. They are the person who has the problem with this. Now, I would ask you tonight how you see yourself. Now, you, 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 you may be somebody tonight who says, well, I, I don't have any particular infirmity, and that may be true for some. It's also true for many that they do have an infirmity, they just don't see it. So what are you saying? I'm saying you do have a problem. I'm saying because you don't see your problem doesn't mean you don't have a problem. In fact, the beginning of you to get help with your problem is firstly you have to see your problem. I, I, I met a fellow the other day. I was telling our church. I, I was just confessing to the church on Sunday morning before I, I came here. I said I met this fellow who I, who I had pastored years and years ago. In fact, my first pastorate, we were meeting in a little schoolroom. A church had been started by an American missionary. And, you know, I, I just have a theory, I don't know if it's true, I just have a theory that independent Baptist churches attract weird people. And so this, this you know, you, you confirm it. It's a, it's, I realize it's global, not just Australian. But um, we, we just had a church, we had a small church, maybe 15 or so people, and we had a lot of strange people. Just really odd, you know. It's just I, I didn't I didn't realize till after a while that it wasn't normal. I, I just thought this is just must be what they are, you know. Anyway, we had this uh, one particular. We had a number, but this one particular fellow is just very odd. I mean, very strange. And 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 God bless him. We tried to help him, and and you know, and everybody in the church tried to counsel him. He told everybody his problems, and and didn't hold anything back. You know what I'm saying? Just 
someone would visit and he'd tell them every personal problem you could imagine and, and you have people like that and, uh, and just people tried to help him and, you know, he, he was the guy that the visiting preacher would come in and, you know, he, right away he's going to go up to the visiting preacher and they're going to be, they're going to be seduced by his compliment and then he's going to pour out all his problems on them. And if they, if they, if they're a little bit simple minded, they're going to believe they actually helped him by their words of counsel. But we're going to know that when they go, he's exactly the same and he's just gone to them. You understand? Now, are you connecting with what I'm saying here? You have these people. And this was a fellow just like that and just, just troubled and, I mean, a likable guy, but, but just, I mean, uh, problem after problem, good, good godly men had asked him, look, just get out, just leave. Just, just people who had never done it to anyone in their life had done it to him. Well, I'm at the shopping center. It was, uh, it was Saturday before I was to fly. I was waiting for my wife and, and I'm at the shopping center and I, I see him, I see him walking down here and I'm thinking, Oh God. <laughs> now you understand, I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't pastored this man for 15 years and I'm very grateful for that. And I, I see him walking down, and, and I'm starting, my first question is, has he seen me? <laughs> and, and, and I look, and I'm at this awkward moment where his eyes have met my eyes, and I've either got to pretend like I don't know him, which is a lie, or I've got to feign the fact that I didn't see him and walk away somewhere quickly. But I just, I, I, you know, we just, he sees me, I see him, and, so I'd just be totally hypocritical and say, hey, brother, good to see you. <laughs> and uh, this, uh, this brother comes up and, and uh, honestly, it, it, it quite shook me. It was, a very, it was another unusual, it was very strange. He came up to me and he started talking and I'm thinking, he's sounding normal. He never sounded normal. He's sounding normal. His eyes are looking calm and composed. And I'm listening. And I said to him, uh, I said, brother, what are you doing for work? Could never hold a job. Go from job to job to job, never hold a job. I said, brother, what are you doing for work? He said, uh, well, actually, you know, I, I don't work anymore. And I thought, okay, he doesn't work. He said, you know, to be, to be truth be known, he said, I don't need to work ever again. And I said, what, what do you mean? He said, well, I could just live off my investments now. I couldn't believe it. I said, you, you, you could, uh, you know, I'm trying to be calm. I said, you could, uh, you, you could live off your investments. He said, yeah, he said, uh, you know, I own over a dozen properties now and I couldn't believe it. I, I said, uh, I just had to say it. I said, brother, you've changed. And he said, yes, I have. I said, I mean, um, you know, I don't mean anything bad by it, but you were, uh, you know, you were pretty bad and you've changed. And he said, yes, I have. I said, brother, how did this happen? I mean, I wanted to know. He's just, he was composed. He was sensible. He, uh, uh, you know, I mean, you've, you've met people, you, you are sure they're going to die this way. You know, they, you, you've seen, they've gone to counselor after counselor after counselor and you've already convinced yourself. 
I finally met the person God can't help. You know? He's one of those. And so he, he, I, I'm astounded because he, I, I, brother, what, what happened? He said, well, he said, you know, I, I had to, uh, I had to come to terms with the fact that I had some problems. Oh, that was a revelation. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, well, that was good. And he said, you know, I, and he began to just tell me how he, he, he just, the God had spoken to him and shown him some things and, and how God had touched him and, and, and really just a, a wonderful story. It, it, I, I'll be honest, it, it felt spooky. It felt, it felt, it felt, it felt very unusual. Uh, it felt like it was a divine meant to be. It, it did something to me. And I, and I walked away. You know, I, I didn't want to. We were, I, I said, okay, brother, it's good to see you. And I walked away and I felt a little bit like I'd, somebody had hit me. And I'm walking past the mall. I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you're with thousands or hundreds of people, but you just feel totally alone. And I'm walking and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, God, I need to remember that you can do this. I, I, I need to, this, this has been good for me. I need, I need to remind myself of what you can do. Because you, you can get to the place where, where you can, you can be comfortable with the fact that God can do this and this and this and this. But you have great inward doubts that God can take care of these things. And the way you deal with that, you just largely avoid them. And you get on doing the things you know God can do. And you just sort of leave those things somewhere there. And you know, Jesus goes to this fellow and he asks him the question. He says, will thou be made whole? He wants to know, are you ready to be different. You, you've been like this for 38 years. You've, you've come here. And year after year, you've gone through this thing and nothing has changed. And now Christ has confronted him and said, are you ready to be different? I know you say you want this. But do you really want it? Are you ready to be the lame man who is not lame anymore? Can you live with the new you? Or are you deeply attached to the old you? Who will you be when your infirmity is gone? Who will you be when you can get over the fact of what happened to you when you were a child, when you don't have that to keep going back to and defining and every decision you make and all that's happening to you and your emotional trauma and you keep going back to that, are you ready to have that gone? Now, if some people are honest, you're going to have to say you are not ready because you have defined yourself by your problem. In fact, you only know you, the person with that problem. And right now, you don't know who you'd be if that wasn't there. And it might seem strange to say to somebody, would thou be made whole? But it's a good question, because not every infirmed person is ready, even if they say they are. 
I ask you the question tonight, if you recognise you have a problem, if there's, if there's something that, and this will not be something you'll have to be sitting here, meta, do I, you know, is there something, let me think, surely I've got a problem here somewhere. No, I'm not saying that. This will be something you already know about. This is something that has shackled you already. This is something that already is defining you and has affecting you. It is an infirmity. It may be something that you have sought help in other ways. You see, here's what he said. He said, well, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't even answer just a straight out, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm ready. He goes back to the only thing he knows in verse number seven. He said, well, here's the thing with me. You know, I've been coming here a lot of years, but nobody helps me. And so, you know, that's why I am the way I am. It's just a regrettable acceptance of an infirmity. And there are people here tonight who have accepted the fact, well, I just have this infirmity. And it may be a secret infirmity. Let's let's just be honest. We have much more in our church than we care to talk about. There's a lot more going on in people than people talk about. I'm talking about things that, that keep people in a mental bondage, I'm talking, I'm talking about things that harass people and hold them back. I'm talking about things that stop people having a good walk with God and you know it's there and, and probably periodically you pray about it and maybe now you've even stopped praying about it. You've just accepted, you know, I'm just this way. Well, I'm asking you the question tonight. Will thou be made whole? Are you ready? to leave that behind because that's what he was asking him or do you want to stay the way you are well pastor you don't understand i've already talked to a lot of preachers you know what that's that's you're him what you want to tell us is what hasn't worked what you want to tell us is a reason why you have to stay the way you are the truth of it is you have become attached to your infirmity You are scared to leave that behind. It has defined you. It has become a part of you. You've become a part of it. And you're frightened to think about who you would be if that wasn't there. I ask you again, would thou be made whole? What do you say? And he answers and he says, you know, gives his little reason about what happened. Like some people, maybe doesn't ever believe he can truly be different. And then the Bible says, you know, Jesus doesn't even get into that. The Bible just says, Jesus saith, and this the Lord speaks. And it's like, you know what? We're not going to engage about the reason why all this has happened. We're not going to get into the fact that you've been here all these years. and You know, that's not the issue here. I asked you, do you want to be made whole? I don't need a narrative on what failed in your life before. I'm asking you, do you want to be different? Or do you want to stay the same? Will thou be made whole? And he speaks to him. In verse number 8, the Bible says that, he says, rise. So what does that mean? It means get up. Get up from this old life. Get up 
from the excuses of why you can't change. For 38 years, you've thought about reasons why you can't be different. Get up. Do you want to be made whole? Get up. Rise up. You see, this is his moment. The Christ has visited. All the power of God is standing before him. This, this, this is, this is the climax of his life is about to take place. God has met him. The opportunity is there. He has, he has been singled out for this moment. Will thou be made whole? Now I feel in a very unusual way tonight that it is the desire and the will of God to make some people whole if you are ready to be made whole. I feel tonight that God wants to set you free and maybe it's been longer than 38 years or maybe it's been less. But you know this is something that keeps you down, that stopped you. You've got a hundred reasons why it hasn't worked before. I believe tonight that God wants to do something with some people in a very unusual way. I ask you again, will thou be made whole? I ask you again, are you ready to be different? Are you ready for the change? He says to him, rise. He tells him to take up thy bed. So what is that? You know what he's saying? You see that little mat that you've laid on for 38 years? Roll it up because you're not coming back this way again. You're not going to need that anymore. I believe tonight there are some people that God is inviting you to be set free for some things. And if you will meet God as God is wanting to meet you, you will not go back to some former things. There are some things that are of this former condition that you will just roll up and cast aside. You will not need them again. He said, you take that little mat and you you roll that up and you get up and you walk. Immediately. This says it really simply. The man was made whole. Who can do that? Who can do that but Christ? You say, you say, Pastor Shemesh, I've been to so many people looking for help, but I'm not saying tonight that people can help you. I'm saying tonight that what you need only Christ can do. I'm asking you tonight to stop talking about what hasn't worked and where you've gone before, and I'm asking you tonight, do you want to leave here the same way you came in? And I don't know, you may not get this opportunity again. If you do, God bless you. I hope you get it again. 
But it, but it may be that if you will not take hold by faith tonight and, and say, this, I believe this can happen. It may not happen again. Will thou be made whole? Are you ready? Are you ready to leave behind the things of your former life? What is it? I want you to notice in verse number 14 that Jesus did find him after his healing. And Jesus makes this statement, and it's unusual because it seems to point to something. He said in verse number 14, uh, thou art made whole. It's a confirmation, an affirmation. And I think when God does it, you know that it's happened. And he says, sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto thee. It is true that sometimes the infirmities that some people have, have come by the door of sin. Now, it doesn't matter. You say, you say, you say, but you don't know how I got this, but it doesn't matter. He said that after he was made whole. You know why he said that? He just didn't want him to go back to the way he was. The Lord tonight does not want to dialogue with you about your sin. The Lord doesn't want to talk about how you got where you presently are. What he wants to do is change you from where you are right now and set you on a new course. Now, he may say to you after the fact, remember that before you got there this way, don't go do that again. That's the only reason he's saying that. But all he wants to do tonight is to get you and make you a changed person if you are willing to let go of that bed, to cast aside those things, and if you dare to believe. Do you think tonight that Christ can do that for you? Because if you don't, you're right, he won't. But if you can believe tonight, if you could say, you know, I I believe that. I believe that because the word of God says that. I believe that because I believe the Holy Spirit is saying that to me right now. If you believe that, I believe tonight there's an opportunity. This is crucially important for some people. You have been held back. You have been shackled. You have been tormented of mind. You have been troubled. And probably right now, before you came in here, you were resigned to your condition. And I'm saying that if God is present, you don't have to be resigned to that. I ask you again, would thou be made whole? Are you ready? I'm asking you to bow your head for a word of prayer. I, I was not going to do this, but... Let's just, just, let's have you bow your head for just a moment. And I, I just feel something very unusual is happening here tonight and, and I don't quite understand it. But I'm going to ask you to bow your head. I'm, I'm going to just ask you if, if God has done something here right now, if God is, if God has spoken to you, I'm not asking you to worry about anybody sitting beside you. I'm asking about you tonight. The question is, would thou be made whole? I'm talking tonight to some ladies who it's time for you to be free. Maybe you're scared tonight. I'm talking to some men 
I'm talking to some people who have something that maybe you have not talked to anybody else about, but you know what's going on here tonight. And I'm asking you the question, would thou be made whole? I'm going to pray. There are some people at the front here already. I'm going to pray. We're going to give you an opportunity to come forward. I'm going to pray again when everybody gets down the front. I'm going to ask God just to touch some people and do something special here tonight. And if you want to be included in that prayer, I'm going to ask you to do what you need to do. And the first step will be to rise up. You're going to have to take a step. If you're not willing to take a step, you're not willing to believe. All right? You're going to have to take a step here tonight. We'll wait for you. All right? If you, if you, if you want to be in this prayer, you come now. I'm going to ask God. You're going to be praying, but I'm going to pray a special prayer. I just believe something unusual is happening here tonight. If you need to be in this, I want you to come now. We'll wait for you. We're going to action something here tonight. I, I want, as you come, I want you to be praying and, and I hope you'll understand the spirit I say this in. I want you to, to, to be realizing that the Savior is with us tonight. I want you to know that Christ is present tonight. He's here tonight. He's the same. He can do the same. Anybody else, you come, you need to rise up. You have to take the first step. If you stay, then you stay. But if, you, if you're going to come, you come now. We're going to have a special prayer in just a moment. If it's you, you come. That's right. We'll wait for you. You come now. No problem. We'll wait. I don't want you to miss this. And it's going to be very important as I pray in a moment that you will also pray and you'll just call out to God. I, I believe this is going to be a, a defining, memorable moment for many lives here tonight. Anybody else like that? I'm going to ask you to come. Anybody else? We're going to have the prayer. Just just move out into the aisle. It's very important tonight that you just take a step and that at least you, you initiate something from you. We need to do that. Anybody else like that? We'll wait for you. People are still coming. You say, I'm at the altar already. Well, you could be praying right now. You need to be believing right now. Anybody else, you come, we'll, we'll wait. There's no problem. You just let them slide out if they're there. Let's not hold anyone back. Same, the same Lord Jesus, yesterday, today, forever, just the same. Power of God is the same. The heart of God is the same. God wants to help you tonight. All right, anybody else, we're going to pray. Just about all down here. I don't want you to miss this. If you want to be in this, you, you, you come. If you if you need to, you come. All right. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer now. I'm going to ask, it's very important that as I pray, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And let's collectively take hold of the hem of his garment tonight. We're going to do it together. All right, now, God knows your condition. You, you, you don't need to be spending a lot of time on that right now. He already understands what that is. Okay, here's what we're going to do. T- together, we're going to be believing and we're going to come to him and we're going to ask him and we're going to say collectively, Lord, we do. We, we want to be made whole. We've come. We've actioned this. We're believing. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. Now, you pray. I'm going to pray right now. You pray with us. Our Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you right now for the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. I thank you, Lord, that this has become an unusual moment. 
And I thank you, Lord, that this moment is a demonstration of your grace and your mercy and your very deep love for the people that are here tonight. Now, Lord, you know in my heart what I believe. You know I believe what you're able to do. You know, Lord, I've seen some things. And, Father, I pray right now as people are here, there are men and women on their knees now. They have risen up. And, Lord, from their heart, they're looking to thee right now. And they're asking, Lord, for you to do what only you can do. And I pray, Lord, that the touch and the breath of God, Lord Jesus, would you just right now be touching people? Would you help the infirmed? Lord, would you do something very special and honouring and glorifying to the Father in our midst right now? Lord, hear the cries of thy people. Lord, there are people tonight who are going to go, many beds will be left here tonight. And I thank you for that. I thank you for your touch. I thank you for what you're able to do. Holy Spirit, would you move amongst your people right now? Would you be touching people, touching lives, touching minds? Lord, would you be loosing some bondages and some memories? And would you just set some folks free in a special way? Would you bring a healing and a peace and a new beginning? And I pray, Lord, for just a special touch of God right now. I thank you for hearing us. We have prayed together. Lord, we have not prayed with pretense or hypocrisy. We have asked in sincerity. And we've asked, Lord, in faith, knowing what thou art able to do. And, Father, we ask in the name above every name, the name that has all power and all authority. And, Father, we ask right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords. Amen. Amen. When you're finished praying, you can quietly make your way back to your seat. If you want to continue in prayer, you can do that. I'm going to ask you to remember this moment. I'm going to ask you not to just walk away and forget. I'm asking you to take hold of what happened here tonight. And I want you just to, just to hang on to what God has done here tonight.